Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Real Gerald Quinn, on this 3rd of March, 2022. Hope everybody out there is having a great day. I am here to talk about another phenomenal, remarkable episode of the Simply the Best Show on Television, Snowfall Season 5, Episode 3, Lions. Um, of course, this episode marked the return of, uh, well, before we get into that, first of all, it's just a tremendous episode from start to finish. Uh, the themes of this episode uh, called Lions, and to me, it was really one king. Like, you had a bunch of lions in this episode. You had some lions who have been, were thorough lions, in the Franklin Saint and Scully. And you had some you had some pretenders and some young in uh, our guy, Mello, who, of course, did not turn out well for us. So you had some lions who... Uh, he has some lions who are always plotting. Louis and Jerome. We'll talk certainly more about that. If I can say how I had a quote in this, lions sometimes eat their young. Uh, that was from Franklin State. We'll uh, revisit that theme uh, later on in the podcast. Um, just a quick, before we get into the deep dive, just a quick overview of the episode. We saw the uh, return of one Scully, and I'm... I'm I'm so happy that they didn't kill this kill his character off. DeAndre Bonds, and I've said this a number of times on this podcast. He is uh he just destroys that role. Like, I really can't even see anybody else playing that role, to be honest with you. I, I think he was just born to play that role. Like there's certain actors that play roles that you say to yourself, this guy or this this young lady, this lady, this woman was made they they this is who they are. Not as a person, but just in terms of uh, of the character, this is they were just made to play this particular a particular character, and that's no question. DeAndre Bonds was played to play this character. I'm glad they didn't kill 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 the character off. He returns. You see Teddy Mac, uh, try to flex and you know give you know basically giving uh some interaction between him and Franklin that we'll get, we'll get into. You see, uh, yeah, Teddy Mac give no flex in terms of the, the price of the brick, uh, and you see Jerome and Louis in basically, basically perfect harmony in terms of what, in terms of how they navigated and made a, made big moves in this episode. And let's begin with that. Let's begin with the deep dive. Uh, new segment in uh, this with this podcast where we, we will deep dive situations. We will deep dive certain characters. I thought this was a perfect episode to, I thought initially that I was, Scully was going to be the deep dive, but Jerome and Louie proved to be, you know, proved to be uh, my deep dive because they pull off just this brilliant maneuver um, of just basically, and we'll talk more about this later on, but basically they turn a situation that could have been volatile with dealing with Scully without in essence, without firing a gun, like how they, how they, uh, how they end up getting fifty thousand dollars from Scully, and keeping the price at the same, keeping the price of brick at the same price when Scully, of course, of course, was promised by them, uh, was promised that you know, 
it would go lower. Uh, of course, of course, Teddy Mac, you know, you know, completely uh, rebuked that, uh, and 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 just basically, basically told Franklin that this that's not going to happen. So they had to maneuver. They had to do some. Uh, they had to do some shit that only two people who are on one accord can do. And this is again, we'll talk more about what they particular what they did in in, in the uh, terms of best scenes. But y'all remember with Jerome and Louis, there was a time where they these two characters were not fucking with each other. I mean, let's let's go back to season one. Look at the evolution of 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 their uh, relationship. You know, season one, you know, season one, season two, Louis out there sleeping with Claudia, uh, who of course owned the club and was doing her dirt, and they end up in, you know, they end up, uh, she ends up, Claudia would later on uh, overdose off some, off, you know, overdose off some heroin from Louis. And, uh, and of course, you know, Claudia and Louis got into that fight. So their, you know, their relationship has really gone full circle. And it's gotten stronger as the seasons have gone, have gone, have, have come along. And you know, there was a time that Jerome just wanted to be a dime, just wanted to sell dime bags. And Louis, Louis, remember, Louis is in essence the heart and soul of the entire organization, even more so than Franklin, even more so than Franklin State. And I'll get to that, the importance of that later on in this pod, in this podcast. But Louis is the one that had the that has that those instincts and she has those she has she was you know she was made to be she wanted to be in the game she's a hustler she's smart she's beautiful and you know you you thought with her and jerome like do they really match you know as a couple like they or is this just you know two people who are just physically attracted you know to each other and you kind of questioned that for the first couple of seasons and then things kind of came together started coming together for them like I would say towards the end of season three and now and then you go in season four she finally confides in Jerome that hey uh, Teddy Mac is with the CIA and that we have no choice but to do what we're doing and you know Jerome they all and at that point at that point they're on one accord um but the bottom line she is still if you're looking at her if you're looking at uh, Louis and Jerome Louis by far is the more dangerous of the two. It's, not, it's really not even close. Like the Lloyd by far, you know, Jerome is, you know, Jerome is, you know, a muscular dude, and you know, Jerome kind of, you know, kind of popped off last season when he, when you know, took a took a turn for the dark last season after, especially after Louis got shot. But it's Louis who you should fear if you if you're trying to take down the, the Franklin Saint organization. Is it, Louis the one? Like that's all there is to it. So up until this point, at, at this point, they are as good as they have been in terms of being connected as one. Period. Uh, now, yeah, they still have a squabble here and there, as couples do, married, unmarried do, in terms of relationship, in terms of relationship. But in terms of the drug game, they these two are right now um, operating, you know, machine like, and what they pulled off in this episode was just was you know was just brilliant what they pulled off in this episode so you have these two characters who again these are big pieces of uh of franklin's organization that right now are not all the way connected with franklin so again we'll see how that plays out but this 
Jerome and Louis are with are this character, are this episode's deep dive. Um best scenes, Franklin, the opening scene, Franklin, Louis, and Jerome, uh, their first meeting. Of course, this it, this would end, this began with Franklin, Louis, and Jerome, and it also would end with uh Franklin, Louis, and Jerome as well. Um so they find out that in this first scene, in this first scene, they're in the restaurant, excuse me, they're in the club. Uh and Franklin, of course, tells them about the meeting he had with, with Teddy. Uh well, not even a meeting, with Teddy basically showing up at his house and saying that Grady was out. So they're and also um uh not only Jerome was there, Leon was there as well. So they're basically speculating what happened to Grady. What does this what does this mean moving forward? And Franklin basically said, Well, you know, this is where he has the quote, well, lions, you know, eat their young. Um, so they're speculating whether or not Grady was killed by Teddy. Um Leon basically says he thinks he was. They're not sure. So and he and, and at that point they explain, uh Franklin also mentions uh, you know, that he, you know, that this, you know, that this kind of, you know, this, you know, caught them, caught him off guard um, in terms of what, uh, in terms of what's going on uh, uh, with with Teddy. So they discussed that. They discussed that in these in this opening scene. You see again. You you see Franklin trying to navigate what you know what he thinks Teddy is going to do um, next. Uh, Teddy and Franklin. So Teddy and Franklin meet. You have Teddy and Franklin meeting. Franklin basically, um, basically says, you know, look, you know, but I don't. Basically says, I don't, don't, you know, don't ever come up to my place like that unannounced again. Teddy does not flex at all. Does not bend at all on the price of the on, on the price of the kilos. He says it's going to remain at ten thousand. It's not going. He's not going to lower it. And basically calls Franklin out for the inner strife. That we will later talk about that's between he, Louis, and Jerome, and more so he and Louis. And you know, basically, and again, Teddy's no dummy. He realizes that the only reason that you know his prices are not outrageous, but the only reason that Franklin's asking for these lower prices are to acquiesce to Jerome and Louis because they're not they're all not on the same page. So uh Franklin also discusses and then this is the first episode that we had. And also in that opening scene, we Franklin. This is the first time we hear Franklin even talk about his father, and we not, you know. Apparently, Alton is missing. We again, we know Alton is dead. Like I don't, I don't think there's any question that Teddy killed Alton. But you know, there was apparently there's no body, and he's missing. Um, again, I'll be curious to see when Sissy comes back, which I think is the next episode. Sissy's coming back from Cuba. In terms of what did she, what her part in it, or what did she witness, things of that nature. So I think we'll, they're going to start. They're kind of slowly unraveling this Alton mystery in terms of what exactly transpired. But again, I I will be convinced until I see otherwise that he was killed by by Teddy Mac. But they, um, but this is the first episode that we see Franklin discuss Alton. He's basically said, you know, Alton got what was coming to him. And he, you know, he does not does not show any type of emotion towards them in that scene of anger that 
Orton was killed or he did, or, or, or Orton's missing. He doesn't. Um, during that, now during the Teddy Franklin meeting, you hear Teddy going to defense mode when Orton is brought up. Basically, said, "Hey, you know your, you know your father was a was a very high, you know he was basically not a wanted man, but he he was a very uh, wanted asset that you know by the KGB and these various different organizations, these undercover." these different world undercover organizations, KGB, CIA, and, and what have you. And he had a lot of enemies based on the fact that he was about to expose everybody. So there's no telling what happened. This is where I think Teddy slipped when he said, I had nothing to do with it. So it's kind of like one of those things, well, if you had nothing to do with it, you don't have to say you had nothing to do with it. You could just say this, you know, your dad was, you know, you know, your dad was wanted by, just wanted, was wanted by a lot of people. Like your dad was a some was someone who, who anybody could have. Any, there's no telling where he's at. And again, Teddy, at the beginning, I thought Teddy was convincing from saying, "Hey, he could be in jail." Um, we don't. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. He, but when he says to me, he slips. When he says, "I had nothing to do with it," and I think that was a mistake. That Teddy, that if I'm Franklin, and again, Franklin's in a great headspace right now as far as his focus. As far as his, you know, being, you know, thinking about trying to, in terms of him reading Teddy, and I'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, so they leave the meeting. Uh, they leave the meeting. And of course, at the end of the meeting, I, I mentioned earlier that Franklin says, "I don't, you know, don't ever pull up on me without unannounced, like I don't, I don't ever, or don't or come to my place." So you have the Gustavo Franklin meeting in terms of they, in terms of the, the drop. Um, now Franklin is trying to fill out Gustavo. This place, this is a place that was handpicked by Teddy, um, but that was handpicked by Teddy for this meet. It's kind of an abandoned warehouse. Uh, looked like some type of like old abandoned warehouse power plant. Some some type of not power plant, but just abandoned warehouse. Um, and of course Teddy is is in the warehouse and he is spying on Franklin he, on with the meeting. Franklin begins to talk and then Franklin looks up and realizes that somebody is listening. He gets, a, he, you know, his six senses, you know, his spider senses kick in and he completely in mid sentence shifts the entire conversation. So he becomes, he says, yeah, you know, Teddy, you know, I'm, I'm cool working with Teddy, you know, Grady out of pocket, you know, just talks, starts talking a bunch of bullshit. And he starts mentioning that, you know, starts joking with Gustavo about his jacket. Again, at the beginning of this conversation, he's basically trying to get a feel of what's he's trying to get. He, he's trying to get Gustavo to give him some information about what happened with Grady. Or even on Teddy Mac. And Gustavo, to his credit, isn't isn't falling for the bait. Um, really keeps tight lipped. Doesn't give Franklin anything. But again, important. It was the important part of the scene was the fact that Franklin was a Franklin recognized in mid sentence that something wasn't right about this. So we go to Dallas Diamond Dallas Jerome and Louis. This was a a funny and sad scene at the same time. So Jerome and Louis um, are trying to come at they. So they get to give you some context. 
Scully comes, of course, is back. Scully is just on a whole other level of just, uh, of just he, he's completely just lost his mind. And, and he's in a, he's, he's on, I, I shouldn't even say lost his mind, but he's in a dark, dark place. He's continuously quoting Bible scriptures. He has guys outside of his lair in, um, think, uh, Compton, butt naked and with Bible scriptures on them. He cuts the the ear off of one of the guy of one of his guys who he thought, you know, was, you know, just you know, didn't do what he says or whatever it was, cuts his ear off. So Scully's on one. Like Scully was on one in this in this episode. Um constantly quoting Bible scriptures, Old Testament. So they enact this plan to um along of course with Mello, they enact this plan. They enact they, they enact this plan to try to get at Scully. Uh and they go they go to they go to Diamond Dallas. Diamond Dallas of course who who not, are not ex strippers are, st- are still currently stripping. Notice stripper that that strips that basically the, the personal stripper for this for uh Scully's number two, Mello. So they use them they uh convince them to go uh use her to get some intel um to get some intel from mellow or, or intel about mellow and during this scene you know they're talking they're going back and forth keep in mind these are the two that shot diamond and shot louis last season diamond and dallas are there with they they pull up jerome and louis pull up to diamond dallas after a child after at their kids school both their kids diamond and dallas go to the same school so they're having this conversation about this criminal conversation right, right in front of the kids like it's nobody's business. They ain't tell the kids, hey, go across the street, get in the car. No, 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 no. They, they're literally having this conversation right in front of the kids who couldn't be any more than seven to eight, if that. Uh, Diamond apologizes to, <laughs> to Louis, saying, I'm glad it didn't basically go the other way. And so I'm glad you didn't die. And it was like one of those apologies, like, Oh, by the way, I'm glad you're still living. Um, again, Jerome is still not feeling them. He basically said, basically calls them hired guns and they'll go do anything for the money. Franklin, they are, of course they are under Franklin's thumb. Like he's, they're working for Franklin, but they still do this favor for Louis and Jerome. They get Intel on Mello. Mello meets with the stripper. Mello meets with the stripper, and she basically says that Mello is spending a lot of money. So that means Mello has been promoted. Mello has been promoted, and little did I know at that point, they Scully, not Scully, Jerome and Louis saw Mello as a as a weakling. I didn't recognize it at that point of where this was going. So they, so Mello comes to them basically and says, I don't have this on here, but this is of course one of the scenes. Mello comes to them and basically says, hey, look, nobody, you know, Scully, nobody's feeling Scully. If somebody took him out, no one would miss him. I can't, but I can't do this by myself. You, you know, I'll give you the meat. I will give you the meat in place. You got to take the shot. You know, and I'll take over. And they asked for, for in terms, $100,000. Started out, started out 50, but then uh, Louis says, "Well, since you're gonna make it a hundred, because then Melo 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 says, well, I would have did it for a hundred. Uh, you could have got a hundred, and then Louis says, okay, yeah, well, it's a hundred then.' So basically, so 
they're gonna take them take them out for take Scully out for a hundred thousand dollars and to not have to deal with him moving forward um and de- and deal with a guy seemingly that they will be would be would be able to control it mellow remember mellow is just somebody that's ambitious that's looking for you know he just got the number two spot it's not like mellow has been a kind i, I don't remember i don't remember mellow from last season like somebody you know that listens to this podcast once you listen to this podcast can if you if you can correct me if you remember mellow from last season i don't remember mellow from last season he could have been on there wouldn't be surprised either way but he has you know he has his eyes on the prize on the on the throne so to speak and he you know thinks that scully being unstable um as he was and you know and, and just being in the place that he was he thinks he sees that as a advantage to take to take um to take scully out so they make the deal they get scully they get the drop on scully at this psychic uh at this psychic that he sees that he, that he was seeing um because it was his his daughter's birthday. You know, again, this is how Scully Scully had a picture of his daughter. He had balloons in his place. <laughs> in his place. He had balloons in his place in his daughter's birthday and was talking to his daughter. Uh has a necklace with his daughter on with his daughter on it, or with the picture with either his daughter Khadijah and, and him as well. I think that might have been that. But Scully is just, you know, he, he's grieving. Scully, I mean, let, let's be honest, Scully is still grieving. He lost his he lost his, uh, you know, lost his daughter and lost his uh, baby mama, and you know, basically within you know one season in a season. So the plan works. They get the drop on Scully, and they leave us at. They basically saying that, uh, hey, you know, we didn't want to be like this. So we don't see them pull the trigger on Scully. And at this point, I'm saying to myself, if we don't see them pulling the trigger, trigger, they didn't kill him. Like I, this, this this character's too good to kill. He's too good of a character to kill. Um, something something's not right here. So we get to the scene. Scully, Louis, Jerome, and Mello. Uh, they pull. Uh, Mello comes in. He gets the confirmation through because uh that he first he comes in with 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 two other guys, uh with the money. He says, you know, I haven't heard anything on the police scanner. Where's the proof? They take out the necklace, and then Mello basically just, you know, is is just, you know, basically is uh in awe because he's like, yeah, the throne is mine, and you know, he talks, you know, I got pull one out for the homie, I got give me a couple of days to kind of like smooth things over with the rest of you know the rest of the crew, give me a couple of days to get set up set up shop to make that transition transitional days, and then all of a sudden Scully comes out, and then Scully proceeds to snap. Mellow's neck and take the other two guys away and what happens is we find out that the connection that Scully made with Louis and Jerome in the hospital in the fourth season in essence saved his life and it was part of saving his life because here's the thing I don't believe that they were ever going to kill Scully to be honest with you and I don't believe that they were ever going to kill Scully to replace with Mello. Um, to replace him with Mello. Mello is, like I said, Mello is a guy that they probably could have controlled. But his thing is, you know, his old saying, you know, the devil you know. Bottom line is, they know Scully. Um, and they have, again, they, they, they know Scully. It's, 
they know Scully again. Last season, what transpired in the hospital that that was probably the you know, and again, I didn't I didn't think too much of that what happened last season at the end at, at, with the hospital and the fact that Scully could have killed Louis or Andrew and chose not to, but that clearly was um was played a major factor. I also I, listen. I also think that. Now again, this was a brilliant plan, to say at least by Jerome and Louis, because remember, Scully was not going to take the offer, and he was not going to settle for ten keys. He first, first of all, he ends up settling. He ends up saying, "Hey, we're going back to the original price of ten, of ten keys, and and you can even you can even keep the money that you were that you were paid to kill me with, which is basically a hundred thousand dollars." So not only does Jerome and Louis make the peace with Scully and keep the price at 10, 10 keys, they are also up $100,000 from basically from Scully. That basically was Scully's money because it was from his organization. And Scully was like, look, I don't, basically said, I don't want that, uh, that Judas money. And uh, so again, how long does relationship last? Scully is so unstable. Who knows? And maybe there was, you know, maybe if, if Mello doesn't come to them with this offer. Maybe they, they maybe that Louis and Jerome are, were are plotting throughout the course of the season to take Scully out anyway. And maybe they could end up they can still end up taking Scully out. Who knows? But again, I I think you know I think the show is better with Scully, to be honest with you at this point. I, I don't think now would have been a time to take out Scully. Um so I was happy from that stand from a writing standpoint that they didn't take out Scully. But again this this scene, this whole the situation was about Jerome, uh, Jerome and Louis working in working as one, and just how they maneuvered the situation to their advantage again without pulling, a, without basically without pulling a gun and without, well, without a gunshot. Um, so we go to the final scene. It's not listed on here. It should be on here. With Franklin, Louis, Jer- Franklin, Louis, and Jerome, um, they meeting. Um, they discuss, they tell Franklin what transpired with Scully. Um, telling Louis says basically, I did it without using a gun. Um, Franklin basically warns them of how careful they're going to have to be because with, with, you know, with Teddy and what transpired with that. And then you see Franklin go at it basically with Louis. But this was this was Franklin versus Louis. Jerome was like, "Look, y'all need to handle this. Let's y'all. This, this is basically this, y'all need to handle this." And, and what we find out, and, and this was no surprise whatsoever. Louis was the one that really want that wanted to break away from Franklin uh, last season. That Louis drove that more than uh, this was Louis. Like this is uh, Louis doing her, you know, um, Queen Macbeth. Uh, type deal, uh, her you know her Cersei type deal with with, with being that with driving this you know driving this train. Um, she, her and Frank can go at it. Franklin basically says, "Hey, y'all need to come home. I'm not these prices. Like, look, we're better together. We are better together. Um, right now, we're better. We're better together. Y'all need to come home. Um, I don't. Uh, and basically they go at it, and. Louis says, you know, he basically tells, he asks Louis, what do you want? 
like what what else what else do you want because you're not you're never satisfied and she said i'll and, and louis basically and come louis says you know says i don't want to be under, under anybody's thumb like i don't i, I don't want to, i don't want you to tell me what to do that's in essence what she was saying and and that's just not going to work out from the standpoint of franklin right now has as much power that he's at than than, than he's ever had and he he's beyond kingpin status he's not i mean he's kingpin is like lightweight light work for franklin right that's like that's not even a proper title title to call him right now like he's beyond that um with, with in terms of what what else he's doing with the real estate and things of that nature so there's no there's no way in the world that franklin was going to concede that at that moment and saying you know what let's just operate you know let's let's operate like a corporation where there's no bosses via the the commission like no that, that, that shit wasn't gonna happen so i think frank I, I i personally think franklin is right like they all need to be on one page they're all they're all listen they all gonna have to be on one page in order to deal with with with, te- with teddy mac that's just all it is to it like they're they're all all of what's gonna have to be in order to um to, to combat him and 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 for the, to combat him, they're all going to be on one page. Uh, MVPs Jerome and Louis, um, and that, again, I don't think Franklin can take out Teddy and can outwit Teddy without without Louis. To be honest with you, think about this with Louis. Remember, Louis is the one that called, that said, that identified Man Boy to be the most dang, to be the more dangerous out of the, out of the two in terms of Scully. And man boy, so yeah, Scully is unpredictable and wild and crazy, but man boy is the one with the ambition. He's cunning. He's similar to you, similar to Franklin. She called that out. She also called it out in the hospital in terms of the plan, in terms of how to to, to get at man boy. If you if you if you get to get at man boy, you remember that. So it is vital to say the least that Louis and Franklin are on are on the same page. Like that is from the organizational standpoint, that is the most important relationship of the Saint organization by far. It's not even close. MVPs, uh, MVPs. This was very easy. It was clearly Jerome and Louis again to avoid to vote, to avoid a war with Scully and come out plus a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you can't like and again with no violence in terms of. No blowback uh, t- towards them, and to have Scully on the same page, be on the same, basically on the same page as much as you can with a Scully type character, was which Frank was brilliant. Um, get him, I get him all the credit in the world. This, this was, this would be probably one of the easier MVPs of uh, this season. A couple of other things. Um, very interesting to see how again this Franklin Jerome Louis dynamic is going to drive the season. We know that. Second time in this three and three episode that three episodes that we've seen peaches with some type of cold. I don't like again. I got burnt by this last when I broke down insecure last season um, with um, with Kelly. Remember, I, every remember they did about four or five episodes or maybe more than that where where they had some death reference with Kelly, and I'm saying. I told you, I told everybody who would be willing to listen, Tiffany Quinn, that Kelly will die before the season. I was dead wrong. Now, again, maybe from a metaphorically a part 
of Kelly's old life died. So maybe that was that definitely had to be the case. Otherwise, it didn't make any sense. Because I still was disappointed. I still was disappointed by the whole not killing Kelly, considering the prediction I made. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, Peaches is not a big character, but I, I don't, again, I don't understand why you keep bringing up the fact that he's sick. Like, why? First time is like a throw-off, throw-aways, oh, okay, summer cold, whatever. But why are you, is he, I, I'm going to get, I'm thinking something really might be wrong with Peaches. Like, Peaches is like something, I don't know. I don't know. Peaches has, I ain't going to say cancer or something like that. I don't know what's something like it's, I, I just don't, I think it's too much of a coincidence for, for them to revisit that a second time. Um, I don't have it on here, but Wanda is going to, you know, get a job. He's going to get a job with Franklin. Um, again, I don't know how to, I don't think that's going to turn out well. I, I can't see Wanda just doing handiwork and being content with it. I, I just don't, don't think that's going to end well for Wanda. I really don't. That's and that's just going to be about. I think we think I covered everything here about this episode. Episode, um, tremendous episode to say the least. Um, and perfectly titled Lions. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast. I will see you next time. Have a great rest of your evening.